Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. people i am still waiting for my co-host of the phly sixers podcast eric bodner who is rushing through traffic to be able to get an emergency podcast to you guys but i don't even know if it's fair to call it an emergency now that it's been about eight hours since a trade drop the first time that i've gone to sleep before 2 a.m and maybe three weeks to a month waiting around for trades of course a trade happens so here we are. Uh, if you guys missed it last night, we can go through the particulars of the trade. Outgoing for the Sixers, James Harden, obviously the big headliner here, and then Philip Petrasev, P.J. Tucker. We'll get to P.J. Tucker certainly in a minute when Derek gets here to the studio. Incoming, first we get to the players who don't really matter as much, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, K.J. Martin, who is going to be more important than I think people believe, Marcus Morris, who's probably going to be less important than people believe, and then the stuff that you guys all care about, the picks. There's a 2026 pick that Derek is probably going to get into the reporting on the protections on that. There's a 2028 L.A. Clippers unprotected. That's probably the big steal that we've gotten or that the Sixers have gotten. It's really going to drive them forward here in trade talks with other teams. There's a pick swap from the Clippers coming in 2029. And then there are 2024 and 2029 second rounders from the Clippers. I see all these comments coming in. There's freedom tastes so good. People are excited that PJ Tucker is gone. And yes, as I see TN says, poor one out for Danny, Danny Green, is going to be waived. He's been informed, I believe, that he's been waived so that he'll clear the roster space in order to make this happen. It seems like the mood around Philadelphia is just a little bit lighter today. Uh, I can tell you I've been on the phone basically since I woke up this morning. The gist that I got from people around the team, people familiar with the situation, is that you know, it's a combination of factors. I think clearly things were lining up in a way that the team and people around the situation were less and less confident that James Harden was going to be fully engaged. I think the, the fact that this ramp up process took forever and I kept making jokes about how big the ramp was as a Tony Hawk sized ramp that James Harden was on over the last week but certainly also the last month month and a half without playing that was a big deal really the biggest deal on the Clippers end of things on the incoming trade was getting that second first round pick and I know that Terrence Mann's name was thrown around quite a bit over the last couple of months that the Clippers wouldn't include him and he was a big sticking point I think the the headline there is that the Sixers essentially valued him as akin to another first round pick. And so to get that second pick from Oklahoma city was a big deal. And that essentially made up the difference in valuation that I think the Sixers were looking for by trying to get man included. Now, whether that ends up being a valuable pick is sort of up for debate. I think as Derek has said on Twitter and other people have started reporting that pick is expected to be a combination of a few different teams. So it can either be Oklahoma City's own pick, 
Houston's pick, which is protected one through four, if it's still there, but I believe it'll probably convey before then. And then that Clippers 2026. So whether that ends up matching value is unclear yet. I cannot believe that Furkan Korkmaz, by the way, who I see getting a lot of shout outs in the chat so far, I can't believe that Furkan Korkmaz is still on this team. He's what, two trade requests deep at this point? James Harden, maybe you should have given him some pointers on the way out the door because if anything, James is the goat of trade requests and that's pretty much undisputed. So I'm going to, let's just pull up some comments here as I wait for Derek to actually learn how to drive a car because apparently getting to the studio on time is as hard as hard as it is to get to the airport on time. Maybe I'll, I'll tell you guys a quick story later about Derek missing our flight out to Colorado. Uh, overall consensus though, in the studio, there are enough people sitting here and watching me seems to be that it's a good trade, maybe not a great one. I think people were expecting an overwhelming haul, maybe. And then there's the great trade, what we get side of things. I fall somewhere in the middle there. I think the best part of this trade, other than getting picks, which, you know, maybe they can flip them for a Levine, a Pascal Siakam, a, a guy down the road, is that the Sixers now become more athletic and more cohesive as a two-way team with all these role players they're adding. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a better team without James Harden because as Derek and I have said on the podcast many times, I think he's probably still a top 25, top 30-ish player. But when you're looking at the potential rotation for this group now, I think the, the four nailed-on starters are clear, right? It's Joel Embiid, it's Tobias Harris, it's DeAnthony Melton, and it's Tyrese Maxey. And now the start Kelly Oubre movement really gained some momentum coming into the rest of the season. But I do think we're probably going to get looks at a Robert Covington in the starting lineup. I think we're probably going to get a look at Nick Batum in the starting lineup. As I see the elevator doors open, Derek is very nonchalant, does not realize that I'm actually recording right now and is walking in a direction that is other than the studio. So no, no urgency here, Derek. This isn't a live show or anything. Good morning to John Cheeseboro. It says, everybody, tr happy trade Harden Day. I see my friends Gavin and Will. Sal trying to make the same horrible joke that he's made a hundred different times. Oh, look, at there he is. He actually decided to show up for the podcast. Look at you, buddy. Congratulations. You finally made it through traffic. Hello. You have anything to say for yourself? Uh, I appreciate all the concern that I got for driving down 95. Uh, don't worry if you commute on 95 at this time, you know, there is no speed racing as Kyle alluded to in his tweet. It's just um, a nickname. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think overall, like this is a, it's a good deal. I'm not sure it's a great deal. That's kind of what I was just saying. Like I'm a little surprised that the Clippers gave up what they did now because, um, they started off well, it's not like they've struggled out of the gate and, they were and just go, well and they were just going to gain leverage in the weeks to come so like did they give up a massive concession to get this done now no not massive like that 2026 pick which was originally reported as a clippers pick which had a chance to be really good it is the least favorable out of three picks with houston and okc and with it being uh, okc you expect them to be pretty good at that point uh, we've talked about them a little bit here in the weeks ahead um, but you expect that at the very best to be late teens probably more like mid-20s so it's not going to be a great pick but getting that and kenny martin jr i thought that's a decent trade yeah could, i'd probably give it like a b probably where i'm at yeah I, I think on the sixers end of things their expectation is that they're probably getting a pick with a ceiling in the late teens early 20s i right. think is probably that 2026 the real, the big concession is getting unprotected 2028 along with another pick. Well, and not only that, but you get, well, first of all, you get three pretty good sized expiring matching salaries at a trade for the deadline. And now these- A lot of money to move. Yeah, these salaries can't be aggregated until a, a pretty much February, right on the dot. So you have to wait a little bit there, but it will be able to be aggregated before the trade deadline. So they have flexibility in that regard. And also getting a, a second or a 2026 first round pick, you know, it is guaranteed to convey in 2026. So that means it frees the Sixers up to trade their own pick in years that they previously couldn't trade because of the Stepien rule. So that pick in itself might not be great, but for teams that maybe want to short the Sixers' future, 
it just gives them more flexibility on what to trade now getting those two picks coming in. Um, so you could see them bundle a couple of picks and some matching expiring salaries for a deal at the deadline. It's really about the flexibility. It's really about having the optionality of pursuing a trade at the deadline and getting a few more months to evaluate Tyrese Maxey. And I think we've both been pretty impressed by what we've seen so far. And if, if a trade doesn't materialize and you still have you know, draft picks you can trade at the, at the draft or maybe uh, you know, use your cap space in free agency, there's just a few more ways to get sort of like that third piece to form a big three that you didn't have before. Um, so again, is it a great trade, like a, a, a home run? Probably not a home run. But given that I think the Clippers, or not the Clippers, um, given, yeah, given that I think the Clippers had leverage here, I'm surprised they got what they did given uh, what was reported before. Do you think they watched Kawhi Leonard fall to his knees on that Russell Westbrook shot the other night and said, God, we got to do something? Because, <laughs> I mean, the results have overall been not just fine. They've been very good. I mean, yeah. they blew the doors off Portland the other night. They blew the doors off the Spurs. Admittedly, not exactly two world-beating teams no. right now. But I don't think there was anything that was uh, a massive red flag in terms of how the Clippers have started. So... That's the part that is not clear to me yet is what was the driving force behind the Clippers ponying up now? Because there's really no external pressure at this point. We were just talking yesterday, Derek, about who might be a surprise team that might come after James. Mentioned, I think, Houston, the Lakers, some other teams, if things continue to go the way they've been going early in the season. But we're three or four games in. I don't think you can say yeah. that that's like, oh, they suddenly felt that the, someone else is going to deal for James. So that's the part I'm failing to understand right now. Yeah. No, I mean, they, uh, given what was reported before, like we said, basically one pick um, one pick and a pick swap to get... Um, and I, I, I do think Kenyon Martin Jr. is a, a, a you know decently, serve, decently serviceable wing. Um, I'm curious to see what they end up doing in that starting lineup. Obviously, you have the loss of P.J. Let's, Tucker um, as well. We're going to get to that. Uh, no, I know you probably have show notes. I didn't get a chance. I was either on 95 or pulled over on 95 making phone calls or whatnot and, and tweeting while on the side of 95. So I have not had a chance to check Notion. I apologize for that. There's nothing uh, in Notion. I'm just saying okay. let's dial okay. it back a little bit. Um, no, I am surprised <laughs> that they I, they must have just wanted James like to form that chemistry early in the season, and they gave up a little bit. Um, I think we both agreed that they had um, – interest in getting James early because that's what the whole let me you know basically shop that unprotected first that we're willing to give up or that pick swap let me shop that around the league to see if we can get more of what Daryl wants so I think we've always sort of felt that the Clippers wanted to get this deal done but uh you know I'm surprised that they felt that much pressure yeah well you want to take a a uh, quick little break here. Do you have, are you prepared to read ads right now, sure. Derek? Which, which ad the, do you want me to read? I want you to read the very first one because then I want you to sit and calm down after you've done it and, you know, get the adrenaline out after. While Derek is pulling up some ad reads now, is a beautiful time for everybody who's here. If you have not already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that bell icon to get notifications for all the times that we go live. And if you can hit the thumbs up as well, obviously helps us with the algorithm on YouTube and makes me happy. It gets Derek off my back and he thinks he's going to convince me to go skiing or snowboarding with him yeah. if we get enough likes on different videos. So, uh, get me, get me, get me to, we'll, we'll <laughs> if you want to see we'll me bust my we'll ass on, on blue mountain or something of that nature, then yeah, yeah, just yeah. keep hitting that thumbs up button. And I, I agree. Austin giving me credit for not being uh, out of breath. I pretty much like ran right in from the, uh, from from the parking lot, so yeah, you know, I pat myself on the oh, back. Oh, and we're getting bit. an amber we alert getting, while we're on the podcast. Oh my goodness, this is just a chaotic day, man. All right, so <laughs> because I'm a little bit hungry, because I haven't had really had chance for I could definitely use some hero <laughs> bread really right now. Had chance for any kind of breakfast so far. Uh, so when we are done, I will walk out over there, have some hero bread. It'll at least calm me down a little bit, get me something in my my bloodstream. Um, you know, in your stomach too, hopefully. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> <laughs> like I mentioned before, though, I've been using uh, you know store brand low carb bread for a couple of years now, so I've been excited to try out Hero Bread. Uh, just put an order in on its way. Um, I'm, I'm truthfully one of our, our ad partners that I'm going to get pretty good use out of here, as I not only find it as a better fit for my dietary needs and wants, um, but they offer, also offer a wide variety, including sliced bread, tortillas, 
burger and hot dog buns, and more delivered directly to your door. The bread is fluffy, delicious, and flavorful, high in fiber and low on net carbs with fewer calories than the leading national brand and only five and five to 10 grams of protein per serving. And you can either place a one-off order or set up a subscription. So you can get Hero Bread delivered to your door every two weeks, every month, or whatever you need to make sure you're stocked up and ready to go. Right now, Hero Bread is offering Pete, the PHLY fam, 10% off their first order. Just go to hero.co and use our code PHLY to save on Hero Bread today. That's hero, H-E-R-O dot C-O to save 10% today. Good job, buddy. I know it's been a lot, quite a morning for both of us, but definitely for you on the long car ride. So I got to tell you about our friends at Soul Savvy, where you don't want to miss out on the biggest sneaker drops, and you need to download the Soul Savvy Drops app today. The Drops by Soul Savvy app makes it easy to keep up with all the latest news, releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world. It is a one-stop shop for everything sneakers. You get instant notifications, so you never miss a release again. You'll get instantly notified whenever your size is available to buy. There's free raffle management to keep track of all the raffles that happen in sneakers. And the release calendar that's kept accurate and up-to-date Make sure that you know all the releases that are upcoming. So whether you're a casual buyer or an all-out sneakerhead, Soul Savvy has something for you with three different levels. There's the basic version, which is free. There's Mobile Plus or there's Premium. Premium is what I have. I think the, the service has been great. I've been in the loop on a lot of sneakers that not all of them have been super exciting for me, but I can tell you that what is exciting is this Saturday, November 4th, the Air Jordan 1 Reimagined Royal is dropping, and the Drops by Soul Savvy app will notify you when and where it's dropping. So download the Drops app and never miss a release. You can sign up for Soul Savvy by clicking the links in the description below or by visiting links.soulsavvy.com P-H-L-Y, or just head over to the App Store and download the Drops by Soul Savvy app. Okay, Derek. So now I want to get to what I what you almost preemptively jumped us into, although I completely understand it. Is this the beginning of the Kelly Oubre as the fifth starter era? Because as I I tried to lay it out before you got over here, I think the four starters are nailed on, right? And Embiid, Harris, Melton, Maxey. And then I, I believe there's a group of three guys that could potentially start. I think two of them are coming over in this deal. The other one is Ubre. I guess if you had to handicap it right now, who do you think jumps into the starting lineup? I would guess probably Ubre, just because he is the one with the most familiarity with the system. Yeah. Of the two that you are saying came over, I assume one is Martin Jr. and the other is Covington. Are you going? It's Covington? not actually. I was going to say because Covington's really struggled the last two years. Yeah. He has gotten the chance to start this season to open the year in L.A. He has not shot the ball well. And I do think one of the problems with Cove is that he's now basically a pure four. It used to be he's kind of a – you could play him as a three-four when he was younger. I don't think he has that kind of positional no. versatility anymore. And I think because Tobias is best suited as a four – you don't necessarily want to play two guys. It's kind of the same problem as they have with PJ, right? Where PJ is absolutely a four in most meaningful ways. And so if you can get another wing on the floor, I think you play another wing. And Kelly's the easiest way to do that right now. Yeah. Knows the system, knows what Nick Nurse wants, doesn't have the, you know, as we keep saying, the ramp up period that these other guys are going to have to go through. I do wonder, though, if maybe just as like a token starter sort of deal, you get Covington in that spot and Oubre continues to be that change of pace off the bench. They have needed shot creation, still need shot creation off the bench. So I think that's probably the case for leaving Oubre in that role over the long term. In the short term, and I, I guess think, is he would I do think start. Kelly is maybe the one that has the highest upside as a shooter, at least right now. Yeah. Uh, I know his percentages are bad, but I think if he takes... It's going to sound really dumb. If he takes only the good shots and not some of the Kelly shots of you know, he's <laughs> taken prior years, and I think playing alongside Maxi and Embiid, he might have the best chance to do that and maybe not uh, go completely wild. And I think I'm, we've mentioned this before, like his catch-and-shoot numbers, he shot last year, I think it was 37% off of unguarded catch-and-shoots and like 25% unguarded. If you can just get, get him more of the former than the latter, which I think you can probably do better with Embiid on the floor with him, then I think it. Uh, I think he might make sense. Like I said, in the in the short term, I agree with you that Cove 
he has certainly taken a step back in terms of his perimeter defense and his versatility over the last couple of years. And the last couple of years, the shot has abandoned him. Um, so I don't really think he is the one that you would go to. The other one to me would be, um, you, you know, Kenny Martin Jr. Um, just to get a little athleticism in there. But his shot's streaky too. His shot's streaky. Well, so I was going to say, you don't think there's any chance that Batum might start? <sighs> there is. He's certainly, like, over the last couple of years, I don't know how he's done this year, but over the last couple of years, he's shot the ball pretty well. Bad start to this season, yeah. but it's been three games. But so. I think he's been right in the high 30s, low 40s. Uh, last 39% last season, 40% the two seasons prior to that. Yeah. So I think as a shooter, I just feel like he's 107, and I think he's not as old as I think he is because he's been he's in the league for so long. He's 35 currently. Okay. okay. So, and we'll turn 36. No, no, no. He's 34. I'm aging, okay. and he turns 35 in December. Yeah. No, he might. Uh, I'd have to watch him more to see if he's taken a step back defensively or not. Um, I'm sure he is. He's 34 going on 35. But if that's one step back or two or three steps back, uh, but certainly I think he has a chance. I think it's also part of the reason why you just start Kelly right now so you can then evaluate the guys that you just got back and see which one which one of them have the most left and fit the best within the the, the core group. So here's the case I'm going to make for Cubs starting, but I'll, I'll dovetail off of the Batum points. It would be the best content. I th Well, it'll make people more people mad if Cubs starts because he was a very divisive player here when he was better I than he say, is right we're now. We're losing one divisive starter in P.J. <laughs> Tucker. It would make the most sense just to drop Cub into that. I think if you have now Nick could get to this by just being creative with the rotation. So maybe he gets there. But I think if you have Ubre in a reserve role, like a big reserve role, right. we'll say, and Batum in a pretty big reserve role. If Paul Reed continues to struggle, and I we've talked about it a bit, he has not had a, a good start to the season. Nope. And and still zero minutes alongside Joe. I think if you're penciling in Batum with those backup minutes and Kelly with those backup minutes, all of a sudden you could maybe play some really funky and interesting small ball minutes, which the Clippers went to Batum as kind of a small ball center quite a bit over the last few years. I think that does get harder and harder to your point as he gets older, but imagine Joel hits the bench and you have a lineup of Maxi, DeAnthony Melton, Ubre, KJ Martin and Batum and you just have like tons right. of athleticism on the floor and Maxi is flanked by all these guys who will just run 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 and spread it out and you have a bunch of decent ish shooters on the floor at the same time. I think you can toy with that. I think that's harder to do if you start Kelly and then then you're essentially going to ask him to play 35 to 40 minutes if you get into he's starting and he's going to be an important part of these backup groups with Maxi. So I don't know how you split the difference there. Right. So you use Cub as like that placeholder starter. I do think he has a bunch of the same problems as PJ in that you can't ask him really to self-create. It's a lot of standstill threes. And that defensive versatility has been lost over the years. But I think he's fine in that role. And I would say I wouldn't close with him. It'd be more that's how yeah. you open the game and then figure it out as you go. No, long term, I certainly think, Kelly, you probably went off the bench, ideally. Um, I just think early on in the process, it might be him just because he's more familiar. And you want to evaluate the guys. Interested to see what uh, some of the people in the chat have to say. If you're not already a subscriber to our YouTube, be sure to subscribe so you can participate in the chat. And also so you get notifications for when we go on air. We do do this five days a week. Uh, it would be great to have you. That's um, the second reminder already. I'm so proud of you, buddy. We're really, really well, getting after that's it. That's only the first time I reminded them, uh, right? That's yeah. true. I'm just saying. That's, you know, normally I have to give you a little, little, little nudge, nudge over little there. Nudge. Uh, but it's also a good reminder because, you know, then you can comment. That's this is true. I think this is a good discussion. Um, and we do have, speaking of the comments, Hinky Process asked, could Marcus Morris start or is he washed? I don't know what you've heard, Derek. The sense that I got from talking to people is that he's not really being brought here to play. <laughs> and not saying that in so many words, but I think the the quote-unquote interesting guys that they're getting back, people that might actually be in Nick Nurse's rotation are the three guys we mentioned Right. Cov, Batum, and Kenya Martin Jr., who Martin Jr. has a lot of stuff he's got to figure out. To your point, very streaky shooter. Not really sure how he fits in offensively if he can't shoot, um, yeah. which obviously is a big deal. But I think he's a potentially interesting defensive piece. 
certainly just like his dad was is like a nuclear athlete which six or seven had a whole lot of those that can actually be functional rotation players they've had the you know the why am I blanking on his name? Ray John Tucker. They've had guys like that who are great athletes and can't really play basketball. So I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm feeling good. I, th- I feel like this is we well, don't have to talk about the nonsense mostly anymore, and they're getting some interesting rotation guys back. Yeah, and to your point, I think Marcus is mostly here because he's 17 million. He's of the contracts they got back. He is the biggest expiring contract. Uh, so I think he will be crucial for salary matching if they are able to make a trade here in a couple of months. I certainly agree with you. Um, that I don't see him as a likely starter. I agree. Um, I think when you come off of the three games they just had and the way Tyrese Maxey has been playing, I mean, we just mentioned it in our last podcast yesterday where we're like, I know you have to have him back on the court, James, I mean, Harden, um, because you need to re- you know get his trade value up there. You really need to get other teams interested. That's not going to happen while he's holding out. So for them to get a, a decent return, again, I sort of graded it as a B. I might need to let that marinate a little more before... You know, my opinion might change over time, um, or at least as I get more information. But I think to be able to get a decent return, give Tyrese Maxey more time to really develop that pairing with Embiid and just into who he will become as a, a, a player in this league. And now to have draft picks, you know, they can trade three draft picks in a trade to have a lot of matching salary and to potentially have cap space if that doesn't work out at the deadline. Uh, I am overall pretty happy with uh, where things stand. Yeah. Especially considering like when you have one team that's interested, you have almost no leverage. So they get a, a B, maybe it drops down to a B minus. I don't know. I'll have to, like I said, I'll think about it. To get a B return when you have really no leverage outside of having the player is uh, pretty good. Yeah. And so uh, Legs, our guy Legs, shout out to Legs, asked how quick are they, we expecting Maury to use these new expirings because he's got a ton of them to use now. I, I certainly think it's we're going to be waiting for at least until December with the deadline or not the deadline. Is it a yeah. deadline? No, it's when it's when more people become available to. Try. It's a, not a deadline because that's when it actually opens. I don't know right. how to refer to that. Yeah, yeah. December fifteenth date when yeah. people are available to be traded that were signed in the off season. And I, I mentioned it, there's a a window where you can't aggregate players. Yes. Um, it is for after receiving a player in a trade, you can't aggregate them for another sixty days. So two yeah. months. And that that'll be. That's essentially New Year's Eve if it yep. gets cl- completed today. So I would say that's probably a realistic time frame for us to start hearing real trade rumors right. sometime toward the end of the year because to the points we've been making for weeks now, a lot of the big moves always have to wait until, unless you're James Harden, teams disappoint in the early part of the season and teams realize, okay, either – we need to push more chips in and go get this guy, or we need to start tearing down or retooling or however they want to phrase it. And that's when the Sixers are going to be able to strike. I know that teams like the Bulls have struggled out of the gate. There's been players only meeting. And so Zach Levine is going to be a big name on everyone's mind. I still would caution against that for now. And frankly, you know, Siakam is a guy that's been tied to them a lot. I'm not so sure that those Raptors guys love Nick Nurse based on, watching Scotty Barnes's reaction to Nick Nurse's return the other and night. That, so that noise about Siakam specifically has certainly been out there. Yeah. yeah so I, I certainly wouldn't pencil any of the Toronto guys in, although they're definitely a prime candidate to make a, a potential trade if Masai ever has a realistic price on any player in his organization. But yeah, I'd say that's probably around the time of the year that things are going to start to move. Yeah. And I, like, like I said, I will say they're, they're pretty flexible in what they can pursue. Uh, that matching salary that they got back is not only useful because it is, uh, keeps your cap space for next year, but it's useful because it's a, a, just a lot of individual contracts that are of pretty substantial size that you can use to match salary in a trade. It just gives you a lot more flexibility. Um, and obviously the 2028 unprotected pick is the headliner of that deal. But like I said, getting another 2026 pick in there so you have more flexibility uh, with regards to the stepping rule and, and working trades they're just a lot more flexible than they were 24 hours ago. Uh, they're more flexible than I think I thought. Like, if you would have told me they're going to make a trade here on October 31st, this is probably more than I was expecting them to get back. And that second first-round pick is, is significant. A young player in Martin Jr. is, I won't say significant, but at least a nice value add. Yeah. It's not Terrence Mann. And, again, I think you and I have both been pretty consistent. I think the Sixers were looking at Terrence Mann as someone that could flip for a first-round pick or who would have first-round value in a trade. So is a late first, I'm going to call that 2026 pick essentially a late first 
Is man more valuable? Yeah, he's he's more valuable than that. Like you didn't get the full concession, but you got part of the concession. Uh, and I think they did okay in that regard. Yeah, so uh, we'll leave it there for a second. I got to tell you guys about our good friends. <clears throat> Excuse me. At game time, where, listen, I know you guys are now all fired up to go down to the Wells Fargo Center and see Robert Covington's return to the Sixers. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, you guys have seen how Tyrese Maxey has come out of the gate, how Joel Embiid now looks after getting a couple games under his belt. The Sixers now have the black cloud lifted out from over top of them. And game time is going to be the place to go to get Sixers tickets, to get Eagles tickets as they continue to roll. And game time makes it so seamless to just open your app, see the seats that you're going to get, and get the best price possible for every event, concert, the theater, anything you want to go see. And they have all kinds of great guarantees that come through using the app. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you for 110% of the difference. I think that's just terrific. And you can snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY. $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. I also want to remind people, since we have a lot of people in the chat today, very lively comment section, as you might expect. Are we going to have like a 15-minute? Kyle likes to do a rundown at the end where he lists all the people. In, not all the people, oh, but that's, some of the people. Yeah, that's going to be impossible no. today. But I will say... We do have a diehard program here at PHLY. You're able to get, if you can see Derek's sweatshirt over here with our beautiful Liberty Bell logo, you can get a free t-shirt with the diehard sign up. You go to allphly.com and then you choose from a, a shirt of your choice. But beyond that, you get exclusive access to diehard content. Derek, the paywall Bodner over here will certainly provide some to you, you get access to a premium Discord, which I will say, the subscribers or the people who use our Discord got some insider knowledge from Derek <laughs> prior to it going you. up on Twitter or anywhere else today. So Derek and I are trying to make our Discord and the one-on-one the -on -one interaction we get with you guys a real central part of the Die Hard experience. Plus you get future discounts on merch, plus you get future discounts on events that we throw and we haven't had our first Sixers event yet, but one will be coming, I'm sure, in the future. So I'd say make sure to check that out once you get a, a chance at allphly.com. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Discord is mostly Kyle and I picking on each other. But if you enjoy sort Just of that like aspect on the show. of the pod, then come in. There's more, more going on. Um, I wanted to ask you, since we just went straight into a podcast as you came in here, were you awake or did you wake up for any of this last night? <laughs> I woke up very briefly, saw the notifications. I actually made a text at one point last night, and then I fell back asleep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, it was already out. Like, I wasn't breaking any more news at that point um, because the the details on the 2026 pick weren't ready to get out. So I just gave Woj a, re a retweet, and you know, I don't need to – there's a lot of reporters that I, I can confirm what Woj is – like, we all know what Woj is reporting is true. You don't need 14 of us to confirm it, so I didn't really – pursue that but i also had other texts i was going to send but i i did fall back asleep yeah well inside baseball here i don't believe i said this earlier but this is one of the i one of the first times i've been asleep at 2 a.m in a while because you know i just am a listless sleeper so of course yeah, i got I was a stunned that you i got awake. a nice like seven straight hours of sleep from one until eight today and I wake up and I see someone's calling me and I thought it was like <laughs> my dad or my wife or somebody. And then I see Derek Bodner and I was like, fuck this guy. I'm going back to sleep. I'd like ignored it for a second. And then it goes to the missed call and I see maybe 25 Slack messages in the company chat. And so, yeah, yeah it's been a, no, a bit of a topsy-turvy morning for me. This goes back me. to the Toby trade. I got woken up, you know, the, the Tobias oh, trade. That's another one I slept had, through, like, man. What the hell? I had Rich Hoffman calling me up to wake me up for that one. So You know what the common happened. thread is here? When I fall asleep, that's the only time trades get made. But so the lesson is to never sleep. Don't you fall asleep every day? I hope you fall asleep every day. 
Do you know when the Seems Sixers like- made the Jimmy Butler trade? When I laid down to take a nap after writing a finishing a story from the night before that day. Yeah. Um, Only sleeping and showering is when things happen. Just saying. So where I are we at? I can't. I can't believe that it is. Uh, honestly, I'm, so I'm. Our I'm long little, national nightmare is over. I'm a little jealous because a lot of your predictions are coming true. I took the over on. Um, on you want to pat me on the back? Not I'll at turn all. And not make at all. It, I'll I make it the, a lot easier. I took the over on Harden playing eleven games. So you got that correct. Uh, you got PJ being traded. That was one of your bold predictions. Not sure it's really all that bold, but yeah, we'll give it to you. Um, so I you missed are, on the Terrence Mann one, though. That was part one of my predictions. Was I said that Terrence Mann would be included in the deal? So okay. that was okay. I take the L on that one, but everything else is coming up. It's coming back up, right now. Yep. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what they say. You know, we have an availability here in about an hour and a half that uh, we will go to a, a post practice availability. So Nick, who quite frankly, every time we've spoken to him about Harden, seems like he is doing it under protest. So I wonder if we will get a little bit of a different reaction. A cheerier disposition. Yeah, you know, he's generally, no, he, I think, today a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. But when you ask him about James and the holdout, he hasn't been. We're going to get the, well, the deal hasn't been finalized yet, so oh, I can't comment, true. which that's is true. the most annoying part of all this. Is the players will probably come out and say yeah. more stuff than, yeah. than Nick will be able to. Um, little, are you surprised at all that it's Danny being cut for space, roster space? Not really. The only other option was really Mo. Yeah. And I mean, Mo's been bad, but you just kind of need, a, especially with the return they got here in this deal, you just kind of need a third string center more than you need another older wing. Actually, I'm kind of surprised, speaking of, that Petrusev is the one who got moved rather than, could they have, I guess, are they going to cut him as part of the deal? Because why would you not move Bamba if it's just a small contract that you know. needed to attach? That's a, yeah, and I certainly don't know what uh, what the Clippers are going to do. I'd be a little surprised if he is in their long-term plans, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't think there's a big loss there. Um, Petrushev certainly didn't impress me all that much in his brief time here in Philly. Yeah, well, it's, Mo Bamba has done less. <laughs> so that's if the bar is low, Bamba has somehow gotten under it he's doing the limbo i guess of the players they received back is there any that you're specifically looking forward to watching in a nick nurse system so i think i really like batum as just a smart veteran type player yeah, I've, that, I've liked batum for a long time i just don't know if he has much left yeah i mean you might get what 20 minutes out of him was he he's playing 18 minutes a night right now 21 oh. 22 last Keith bring year up a good point obama uh, can't be traded until december Ah, that's, you know, maybe I should know that, but also I, my life has there's, been thrown honestly, upside there's down. There's so in much the last, like spinning around in this head right now. Like I'm going to screw up a lot. This is so. why traditionally I've been a writer and not a podcaster because I can just double check, double check times, every yep. single thing that I'm doing rather than doing it live. But the fun of it is I get corrected by people who make fun of me in the comments and think that the only rapper I know is Lil Baby, among many other insults that are handed to Hold us on. over I the years. I just want to point something out. I think we just got the first super chat. In the hey, history of our look show. at that. Thank you very much to Bill for throwing that out there. And and I mean, do you answer it's directed question? You to me. So yeah. Bill super chat says, hi, Kyle. Cool that you remember me from a week ago. Do you guys think in addition to get an actual star back, we also need a proper starter back to compete? Question mark. So I want to give you guys some real inside baseball here. Bill DM me last night, fairly late, too late for me to be texting people that it was essentially a friend of a friend of a friend was the best man in Elton Brand's wedding and says the deal is done. Okay. And I was like... And you didn't follow up on that, huh? I did follow up on it, but it was... Late last night, I'm and just I didn't hear Wolf anything back. Clearly texting so I'm, all I'm going to say is Bill with the plan icon in our chat, PHLY YouTube, was ahead of everyone, including Woj, including me, including Bodner. So shout out to Bill. Um, yeah, and it, so the question is basically they need a another big player back, which I would say I'd agree with. I don't think this team as constructed – is going to win a title no. or compete for a title. I think it's very much 
another move and maybe multiple moves away from becoming that type of team. Now, does this team or does this trade solidify what they have and give them kind of a, a higher floor than they had previously? I would say certainly, Bill, yeah. but I think the problem is, yes, they're still behind the Celtics. They're still behind most likely the Bucks. Although I think now that they're deeper, I am a little more interested in you know how they match up with the Bucks overall because yeah. Milwaukee hasn't exactly come flying out of the gate. They barely beat the Sixers, had a horrible loss to the Hawks, and Dame has been a little bit up and down, is on the older side. We'll see how that works out. So... Yes, they need a, another another move potentially, I think. Yeah. Oh, and look at that. We have another super chat from Papa's. Oh, yeah, this is a thing. Celebrate Harden's leaving with super chats. Go, 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 go. So thank you, Papa's, who I'm, if I remember correctly, Derek, isn't he is in the UK? Yeah. So mm -hmm. shout out to Papa's. This for, is probably a much better time for him. He's got 10 a.m. pods two days in Well, yeah, he gave us five pounds instead of $5. Right. So that's pretty clear that he's in another country. Also, are you going to yell at Daryl for making you do a 10 a.m. pod like you did yell at me? No, this is no. at least understandable. No, it's not. You can wait until 8 a.m. to make a trade. Eh, well, that's definitely true. But if, it did, if they did a trade at 8 a.m., we still probably would have done a probably, 10 a.m. show, probably. if I had to guess. Um, especially since we have to be over at the practice facility at noon. Um, yeah, it's it's they certainly need to have a follow-up trade. And no corner of my mind do i believe that daryl morey is sitting here going all right this is my team to make a playoff run i think he's going to pursue it like i said maybe one doesn't become available at the trade deadline and they go into the offseason but that's making a trade at the draft which would be tougher because most of the sixers players are expiring whether that's trying to use your cap space to take back salary uh in you know next july whether that is outright signing someone with all that cap space they now have and really they only have three players under contract right it's Embiid. It's um, Springer. Paul Reed's on a non-guaranteed. Uh, and Maxi well, has a pending what happens in the playoffs. That guarantee is based on how they perform this year. So well, that's there's also all kinds of loopholes around there. Like he has to actually be on the roster when they win that series. So they could actually if like, let's say something really bad happened. I don't think it will. But just in case something really bad happened, they could cut him like at the end of the regular season. And that would be a non-guaranteed deal, even if they. <laughs> Uh, that would really be if, they were, if they were super desperate for cap space, that's not even guaranteed at this point. Um, even if they do advance out of the first round, that's all I'm trying to say. I don't think they're going to cut Paul Reed. Don't misinterpret that. Certainly do not aggregate that. Um, but yeah, they have a, a ton of potential cap space. You know, the, the two players that are going to matter, like um, the cap hold for DeAnthony Melton is $15.2 million. So basically what that means is he counts $15.2 million towards your cap until you either sign him to a new deal or renounce that. If you renounce that, then you have to bring him back with cap space. He's probably going to end up getting more than $15.2 million in free agency or at least close to it. So you wouldn't want to renounce that. So you want to keep a hold of that one. And Tyrese Maxey has a $13 million cap hold, which is the big one because he's going to end up getting multiples of that when he does eventually sign. So you want to make sure that you sign. I mean, that's why he's not, he didn't sign a rookie scale ex extension because you want to keep that low cap hold going in free agency so you can have max cap space. Again, it might end up working out where they make a trade at the deadline. They don't end up having cap space. This is just a contingency plan. Yeah. But it is a very important one that they've been thinking about for a long time. By the way, I, I teased this a bit to open the show and never got to it. I think moving PJ is a bigger part of this than people probably realize. I, I think we have certainly talked about it, but I think they're, the Sixers look at it much closer than anybody else. And... I think they could see the writing on the wall that even with as well as Maxi was playing, that if right. you have a guy like PJ on the floor who essentially has no offensive utility except to stand in the corner. And you don't have a guy creating those corner shots. There, One, he was not going to serve his purpose in the offense. And two, teams were going to load up more than they probably already are against Tyrese Maxi. And yeah. I think that was a big part of the calculus of why he's getting shipped out as well. Especially if you can bring back a couple of capable defenders as well. And again, Covington has taken a step or two back. Batum has certainly taken a step or two back. You don't know exactly what they're going to be, but at the very least, they are smart, capable defenders in that regard. And probably someone who can more credibly, you know, move up a position and cover that four spot um, just because they do have some size. I agree. He, I mean, he had a guaranteed contract for next year. So you get, 
salary flexibility for a player who's probably going to be a little bit tough to move later and who wasn't as valuable to you because uh, he was thriving off of those hardened corner threes. I, I agree. I agree. And also that's one topic we don't have to talk about every day because that was going to get brought up every time he went 0 for 2 from the field. 100%. Um, we're just it's all about us. If the pod is thriving better, right now, and that's all that really matters. Derek, do you want to tell the, the good people about the good people at Foco? Do they have any hardened bobbleheads or any figurines like that? Do they have hardened overalls? More importantly, they'll put those on clearance in, in a hurry. I think. Hey, look, there's a lot of hardened stands out there. They might want them to complete uh, the. Oh, look James at this. There's all this sun coming in. It's like a. An act of the heavens. That I bet were, you there's somebody out there that has like a, a collection of hardened bobbleheads from every stop he's been at. You want to make sure that you get this one as well. Foco is a place to do that and also a place to get a lot of other merchandise that is maybe a little more relevant to a wider population of Sixers fans. Foco is a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. And with it being football and tailgating season, it means overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need for a game, Foco has. And Foco has hooked PHLY up, provided awesome pieces for our sets. Foco always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. For all non-presale items, use a promo code PHLY for 10% off. I think now is probably a good time to start sifting through all these questions and comments that we're getting. I see Matt Molnar says... What piece of the trade is the most underrated acquisition? Do we want to Papa's bring out there's gotta be Roco Foco? It's gotta <laughs> be a thing. Like we gotta get them on this. To Matt's question though, I mean, do you want to keep this just the players or we can expand it to all the, the picks as well? I guess let's stick with players. Well, who's the most underrated acquisition in that group? I think well, we're probably on the same page, but I don't underrated. I'm gonna go two places. Kenny Martin Jr., just because I feel like we don't talk about him as, as much because he's not a veteran. Um, he's not as much of a known quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's been playing mostly on a bad team over the last couple of years in Houston. Houston, right? Is that Houston? Yes. Three but years I, in Houston, and then he played right. the two games with the Clippers this but year. But I think that 2026 20, pick is being underrated in part because of the report that you and I put out that it was the least valuable of the three picks from Houston um, and OKC along with the Clippers. So I think that's been slept on a little bit. Like there's a brief period where I think people were like, oh my God, are they getting two unprotected Clippers picks back? They could really short on the Clippers. That would be great. It's not what it is. And I think that's leading to some people to underrate it. Really to me, what that is about is about trade flexibility and, you know, skirting past the Stepien rule and being able to construct more trades than you could before. And also crucially being able to trade, you know, we've mentioned this before, that there are going to be a lot of teams out there shorting the Sixers future because they're worried about, um, you know, Joel Embiid possibly asking out or whatnot. Yeah. Being able to trade more of your own picks becomes a little more valuable. Yeah. So I, I think we're in agreement there. I think I'm If Batum has anything left, then he's the answer. I love I love the way he he's plays. He's underrated in that know. he's a guy who's yeah. I, it's just a broad description, but just knows how to play that you can ask to play a bunch of different roles. He can like shoot, you can, he can make decisions. Yeah, he yeah, can yeah. play make a little bit. And when I say play make, it's not he's not taking guys off the dribble and, and doing anything crazy, but similar he's like almost a bigger Melton in that if you put him around the elbows and bench units and throwing passes there. He can make connected passes all over the floor. I think he's a smart team defender who unfortunately is getting older, but can Happens play a few different. It's very <laughs> it's depressing. certainly happening to you and I. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were just going to cut it off at you. No. And I was like, man, that's a deep cup. No, You're not wrong. no, 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 no. Listen, I only have so many more 2 a.m. <laughs> trades left in yeah. me in this lifetime. So, but yeah, I think Batum is a, a connective piece in a ton of different ways on both ends of the floor. But KJ is the, we're going to roll the dice. We'll see if yeah. if you can harness that athleticism on defense, certainly, and you can turn him into a consistent shooter. I mean, his first couple of years in the league, granted smaller roles and small volume, 36.5% his rookie year, 35.7 in year two. Now, I took a step back last year. If you just say, hey, maybe this guy gets higher quality looks because he's playing with Maxi off of Joel Embiid, certainly is going to play in a lot of those and a lot of lineups with him, then maybe the improved shot quality, not playing with a bunch of bozos in Houston, ends up taking him to a different level as a shooter. And you know, it's, it's a flyer and it's only a flyer for now, but it's at least an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Ernest with a, another super chat as well. I do feel like if you give us money, we should probably bring up every question that you ask. So thank you, Ernest, for that. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Who would the Sixers trade for in December? Other than Levine, is there any team you can think that may trade a star in December? And again, a lot of these contracts that they just got back can't be aggregated, uh, meaning you can't trade them along with other salaries outbound in a trade until basically January 1st. So it would be a little later in the season, but certainly before the deadline. Unless, so they could make a Tobias-centric right. trade basically that whenever. That require a higher level of return, though. Yes. Because you actually use Tobias on the court. Okay, so is there any other team? I guess we already brought it up, right? It's Toronto is one that I think jumps out at me. Now, there are caveats there, the most obvious one being the Nick Nurse relationship a, a prior with relationship, all those guys. We'll just, yeah. But do we, so would we put OG in that category though? Because I think there's a lot of smoke out there regarding his relationship with Siakam, right? I don't think there's been as much speculation or reporting on the idea that Ananobi is like anti-nurse or vice versa. So maybe that's a guy that if the, the bottom really drops out for Toronto, that they go and say, maybe we can make a move for him. Yeah. No, you're looking for teams that the bottom will drop out. Uh, Toronto certainly is in that category. There's a reason that, that Chicago speculation is uh, is always out there. We'll see. You know, I think it's easier now to find teams that want to retool and rebuild than it would have been when you were holding on to Harden. Uh, that's the, the benefit of having all of these expiring contracts and draft picks to trade is that maybe they don't have more value than Harden specifically, although... You know, I think Harden's value is very narrow, but there's a much wider net of teams that would be interested in the package you have the offer. Any other questions you see popping up here? I mean, there's a million different. Yeah, and we have our, our number one hater in the chat, Ming's older brother, who you stink, buddy, just to be clear. So you I mean, are we, helping our views and the algorithm all the same. So I hope you appreciate that you're, you're we, doing we that. We brought up that he couldn't be traded. It just took us a minute to get there. You try doing a live pod, buddy. It's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, we just I'll be happy to put here, yeah. sit here, have you sit here you and I'll sit him. over there and laugh at you for how bad you do the job. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, look, it is, uh, like you mentioned, I'm happy to have our national or long national nightmare to be over. Uh, we can talk about something else. It might be the last time we talk about James Harden in well, I was quite a say, while. How about we back. do a little bit of a retrospective here on... What are you going to remember the most about James Harden's tenure in Philadelphia? Not that it was super long. I feel like this is a Philly answer and this is the way we go, but like it's hard for me not to remember game six and seven just because it felt like the end of a really great, like after game five, there were so many like columns being pre-written about the, the Sixers finally overcoming their second round demons and, you know, putting down their longtime nemesis and like yeah. this team is different. And that game five victory was so, it gave you so much confidence that to come out and go two for 14 or whatever, and almost like almost the exact same way in back to back games. Uh, it really like he was attacking the rim and he had no interest in finishing over Rob Williams. And I think at times you get on Harden for lack of aggression or uh, too, being too aggressive as a scorer what really got to me was he didn't believe in his own shot at the rim in the end of that series. And watching that him futilely kick out to three-point shooters is the lasting impression. Uh, it will probably stick with me even more than the 40-point outbursts that he had because it's just what made me terrified to give him that last that next contract. Uh, and I think probably made Daryl terrified to give him that contract too. Well, we do have two different people, Biggie and JM, both saying the lasting Harden image is the Daryl Morey is a liar sign at sure. the nightclub. So you're I, not going to forget that one. Anymore, I, sure. I think that is burned in my brain along with the other sign that said I don't pull out or <laughs> I won't pull out, which is happened at the same nightclub on the same night. Which that was really something. I think at the same time I gained a deeper appreciation for Harden and also reconfirmed all my priors with Harden. And it's kind of weird, right? Like knowing who he is as a teammate and seeing the love and respect that he gets from Joel, from Tyrese, from D house, Tuck, these guys whose careers he helped make and hearing things about him as a guy to those guys, I thought it was kind of eye opening for me because yeah. you, know, you hear that stuff from afar, but once you're up close and personal and you get to know these guys a little more. It's always certainly a little bit different. And I think for a while there, 
Harden was bought in in the right ways, right? Yeah. Like he he wanted to be about the right things or tried to be about the right things. And whatever you say about how he handled the contract situation this summer, how his representation handled the contract situation this summer, last season – there was, I mean, Doc has taken some shots at him, like, oh, after the All-Star break. Not and Doc. He would never do that. Doc tried to throw him under the bus a little bit and say he changed Doc after the always, All-Star break. No, no, no. Doc always takes full accountability for I'm being struggles. serious here, though. I'm saying James bought in in most of the ways that he needed to buy in. He never was an off-ball shooter in the way that he needed to be, but he played in a way that showed he understood it's Joel's team and things need to go through Joel. And then when Joel goes down in the playoffs, I know it ended poorly, but James single-handedly won them game one and then single-handedly won them another game where Joel stunk it up in the fourth yeah. quarter in overtime. And so I I just I do end up having some sympathy for him in the macro and that I think his legacy is going to be a lot more complicated than people make it out to be, right? Like has been this amazing offensive player who has had big moments and then ends up choking it all away in the bigger moments. And it's it's just hard to square how you can get a guy who can go out there and get 40 points in game one, hit a game winner in a game four, and yep. still end up in a place where it's like, can't I'm so thrilled that that guy's fucking not on my team anymore type of attitude. Yeah. It, honestly, it, it I gave him so much credit throughout last season because he did seem like he was buying into the role that not only he needed with this team, but I think that he needed to age gracefully throughout the second or latter stages of his career. And I thought like it had clicked for him. I thought both winning basketball and also um, the fact that he was not the player that he previously was in Houston had clicked for him. Um, and I, just watching him on the court, you know, you mentioned Doc, but watching him in the second half after the All-Star break, I didn't think he became like gunning James Harden yeah. on the court. I, I, dis, I fundamentally disagreed with Doc on that evaluation. And watching him in the playoffs look like a guy who, acknowledged I can't be the scorer that I was. That's why he was so focused on driving to kick out, not driving to score, because I, I felt like he was understanding where he was in his aging curve. And then everything that happened after that, from the report that he had that meeting with Ime, where he's like, I could lead the league in scoring, to <laughs> wanting to be a featured you know player again, to wanting to be paid like a featured player, it just like that illusion of him accepting his fate all came crashing down very quickly. And I'm very ner- I was very nervous about giving him a contract because he didn't seem like he was ready to. It, it seemed like what he was doing that previous year was not where he was at mentally. And I don't want James Harden trying to score 30 a night uh, when he's 34, no, I'd, 35, I'd, I'd much rather Tyrese Maxey try to score <laughs> 30 <Right>. a night. <laughs> so I like it's, yeah, it, 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 very complicated legacy. Um, like I said, I gave him a lot of credit for most of last year for buying in. Uh, I'm just not sure I had any confidence going forward. Yeah, and he really sealed the fact that nobody is ever going to trust him in a big moment for the rest of his career, which I think there were still a lot of people that, especially after you opened that series the way he did, wanted to say, this is finally, it's James Harden winning time. He's about the right things. And then he pulled the same disappearing act. I mean, we saw personally against Miami a year prior that the way they ended that series at home was in very similar fashion where James is basically uninvolved in the offense and playing hot potato, not wanting to get involved or have his name be attached to the failure that they're experiencing. So it's just a tremendously weird guy and player in a bunch of different ways. And I'm hoping, Derek, I know I'm saying this, I would have to knock on every piece of wood in the known universe. I know what you're saying, but I'll I'll knock on some wood. I'm hoping we will finally get to cover a normal basketball team and that that's the end result of all this. Are you completely naive? How long have you been covering the team? I just said I was going to knock on every piece of wood there is. I know it's not going to happen. That's, I'm... Listen, I went to bed last night. I watched a horror movie and was like expecting a horror movie when I woke up from the team. Child's Play, the original one, not the new one. Okay. No, not not bad, by the way. I wouldn't put it up there in the pantheon, but Chucky's certainly a great horror character for those who are. I think they are currently set up to be a normal team. Will they follow through on that? Well, they haven't for the last decade, but we'll see. We'll give them a chance. Give him a chance. I'm looking forward to the Embiid and, and, and Maxi show and see what they can build off of that for sure. <laughs> well, as do you want to wrap it for the day and get over to practice yeah, and see how these go. guys are doing? 
Uh, before we get out of here, I want to thank everybody showing up today. If you're still here with us and there are a bunch of you, hit that subscribe button so you can actually comment in the future. Yep. You get notifications for all shows. If you hit the bell icon, hit that thumbs up on the way out too. And I want to personally thank Ash and Freddie and Vaughn and Ty Ty, C-Mac, Brian K, Bo Jensen, Will, Gavin, Sal, Jim G, Brian K, Dan McGlade, Ash, I don't know why people are hitting the exclamation point Pompeii in here. I feel like you have taken a wrong turn from a, a different Discord or that a different is, server a, somewhere. Our Sixers Reddit Discord. I cannot take any responsibility for that happening, but so happy to be with you guys once again on a 10 a.m. show that Derek barely made it for because he drove through acres of traffic, or I don't know how you would characterize a lot of traffic, but... Thank you guys for being with us today. Thank you, Derek, for rushing to get here from out in the sticks. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. We all silly like the mayor. 